Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome back to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We're particularly excited about this episode because today we're covering a topic that we've been dying to discuss for quite a while, using Instagram to plan your wedding. Lots of couples tell us that they found inspiration on the popular and sometimes all-consuming app, but it isn't without its pitfalls. No, we love Instagram as much as the next gals and turn to it regularly for trend spotting and idea gathering. But we have a lot of opinions on how it should and shouldn't be used. We've seen couples run into trouble with Instagram finds and get massively overwhelmed by the sheer amount of content in their feeds. So we decided to put together a handy wedding centric user guide. We're all about making Instagram work for you, not against you. And that's exactly what we hope you'll achieve after listening to this episode. Yeah, so I think um, reports from real couples about how successful um, they've been with planning on Instagram are mixed. Yeah. Um, and loads of people, I get that that's how you do a lot of planning in your life. So it's going to be natural to do it. Yeah. And obviously, like if the minute that you start like looking up a couple of different wedding related things, you'll start to get the ads and it's hard not to kind of lean on that a little bit and, and go all in and start to look on Instagram for everything. But then that can be extremely overwhelming and can lead you down maybe the wrong path or lead you down a path that isn't organic or authentic for you. Yeah, I think Instagram is a great tool for planning a wedding when you know how to use it and when you use it sparingly. Yes. So those are the kind of ideas we'll be presenting in this episode and hopefully we won't make any enemies. Well, (laughs) the people on Instagram might not like us after this. That's okay. We're the people on Instagram too. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. So we've reached the part of the podcast where we pass on a golden nugget of advice that you can hopefully take with you all the way to the big day and beyond. Claire's chosen a gem of a tip this week that will save you a lot of hassle in the months following your wedding. Am I right? Yes. So you reminded me of this tip that I'd said a few weeks ago, which is when you get your photographs back after the wedding, don't give your family access to the whole gallery. Obviously, you get your photos back. It's really exciting. You and your other half might look through them and then you send out the link to everyone you know because you want everyone else to see how gorgeous they are too. It's an exciting time. But then you might go over to your mum's house and she's got the one photo that you don't like printed in A3 hanging over the mantelpiece. (laughs) Am I to... Is it fair to suggest that this is something that's happened to you or someone yes. you know? <laughs> yes, close enough. Not quite, but close enough. Yeah. So say maybe like I loved our wedding photos, but there were some that were a little bit more like there was black and white ones and moody looking ones where mm. we weren't smiling. Yeah. And we're the kind of people who smile in a picture. We're not ones like those photos might have been gorgeous, but they weren't to my taste. Yeah. And I don't like looking pouty in photographs. And so I definitely don't want a pouty photo of myself yeah, on so the wall. Yeah, so it wouldn't be ideal to go into, let's say, your in-law's house and see uh, you doing your very best Victoria Beckham impression. And yes. you're like, every time you see it, you cringe a little bit because exactly. it's not your fave photo of yourself. Yes. So I think what's a nice idea is either to make a smaller gallery or to maybe get some either photo albums printed up for your families. You can get mini versions. You don't need to get the whole giant book. Mm. That's obviously very expensive. Or maybe print out a selection of prints for your family to frame. And you can get like nice quality ones and maybe a mix of sizes so that they can put them into different frames and make sure the family shots in there as well. Yeah, yeah. That's a great tip because I think... um family members really just kind of want those they want the big composite shots with everyone so they can show their friends and go and that's frank's eldest and you know all of that (laughs) so i love this tip the one fab date wedding podcast as we mentioned in the introduction this week's episode is all about instagram specifically how to use it to plan your wedding some couples do 100 percent of their wedding research on the app while others get to the big day without following a single wedding related account If you ask us, there's a sweet spot somewhere in between and we wanted to help you reach it by laying down a couple of do's and don'ts. 
Now we're drawing on our own experiences of using the app, of course, but also feedback we've received over the years from hundreds of couples and some suppliers too. There are a few Instagram-based planning techniques that we can really get behind and others that we've found to be pretty ineffective or a bit too risky for our liking. So Claire, let's get into it. Yes. So my first do is do use Instagram to gather inspiration in the early stages of planning. Yeah. So we've discussed this before, how we kind of feel like as long as you have more than a couple of months to plan your wedding, it's fair enough to go on a big spree and uh, gather loads of inspiration and do a kind of sky's the limit crawl of the internet. Yeah, cut yourself some slack. Obviously, you know we're big advocates for budgeting and organising and doing all of that. But I think it's nice to have a few months to dream big and kind of think if you could have any kind of wedding, what would it be? And at least then you get to see what you like, what you don't like. And then you can refine it down after that to what's achievable and affordable. Yeah, we have to say, of course, follow the One Fab Day account on Instagram because yes. there's lots of gorgeous stuff Day. on there. As well, we're going to talk about saving shortly, but make sure that you save any ideas you really love. Mm. And we can't stress this enough because we get panicked emails from couples probably on a weekly basis where they are like, do you remember this dress that you shared 14 and a half weeks ago? And in fairness, Claire, you're very good and you nearly always remember <laughs> or else at least go trolling uh, for the dress. Yeah, I didn't have a photographic memory for my leaving cert, but I do have one when it comes to wedding dresses. <laughs> but you really do avoid all that if you are diligent from the beginning about saving things. Yes, definitely. I think, yeah, just have a bit of fun. Um, and use it as a kind of get, getting to know you period about mm. weddings in general because it's probably really new to you the whole idea of it and obviously there's a lot of people who've dreamed about this for years but there's some people who have no clue what they want so Instagram like Pinterest is a nice place to just explore ideas and to browse and that could be for hours and hours yeah um, and yeah, waste away a few weeks just kind of gathering inspiration. Yeah, I would argue as well that it's a good way to kind of save and gather things that you really don't like. So if mm. you are someone who's very opinionated about aesthetics and for example, there's a flower that you hate, but you don't really know the name of it. You know, no. it's handy for saving things like that that you can later show your florist or stylist or whatever. Yeah, and I think it's worth saying as well, though, if you're working under a three month time frame, maybe skip this step. Yeah, yeah. This is only for you people who have literally 40 hours this week that you're happy to spend <laughs> on Instagram off you go yes. enjoy that so you mentioned save folders so I think it's good for us to give people a few tips on how to maybe organize their ideas because you could save 2,000 photographs and never be able to find the ones you want so yeah. I think it's good to set up folders straight away yeah um that's good for like general life as well I've like recipe folders house folders yeah. things like that so if you set them up for maybe the dress the decor flowers different elements suits whatever you need accessories whatever the areas that you're using Instagram for and then that way you'll be able to find everything yeah I have to say I find the folders really handy before they come in I was just doing a classic screen grab which is better than nothing if you know you're trying to keep track of something but with save folders, you can save and you can, it'll take you back to the actual post, the actual yes. account with all the tags on it and everything. Yeah. So let's say if you save a beautiful gi picture of a giant warehouse wedding venue, but actually you saved it because in the corner there's a lovely flower arrangement. Um, chances are you'll be able to track who that florist was or yes. and go find their account if you need to later on. Mm. Yeah, that's a good thing as well to say. Instagram can be really useful for Maybe if you've saved something and you can't remember why, having it in a folder will help you realise that. Yeah, it yeah. was the napkin colour that I liked. Or, or if you save it in shoes and you're like, why did I save that bride? And then you're like, oh, of course, I'm looking for that exact colour of shoe, but yes. only a bit is peeking through. Yes, yeah. Um, do you want to maybe explain to people a little bit about how to find their saved items? Because I know that can be an area that people get a bit lost. Yes, okay, I'll very quickly run through it. So... To save something, you need to find the flag symbol, which is usually under a photograph that appears in your feed and it's on the left hand side. You can tap the flag once to save to collection, which is just the general folder that Instagram starts mm -hmm. for you. Um, but as I said, we um, would advise doing specific folders. So to save something to a specific folder, you just need to hold the flag. 
And then if you're looking for where all my saved things, um, you can go onto your own profile, which you can find by following your avatar. So it might be a little picture of you or whatever your avatar is. It's at the very left um, on the bottom row of symbols on the app. And then when you're brought to your profile, you click the symbol on the top right, which has three lines on it, and saved. And that will bring you to everything. That was a lovely demonstration, Celine. <laughs> I feel like I should have it like some kind of visual, um, but you can listen back if you're yeah. if you're not au okay fait with the save folders. You can just click the back button and yeah. hopefully it will get you there. It's actually sure very someone's simple. Made a YouTube tutorial. You can definitely it. Google it as yeah. well. Yeah. So I think after the initial spree of saving everything and being it's, all over Instagram with abandon, yes. it's time to step back. Yeah. So I think. Even professionals are guilty of letting too many trends seep mm. into their inspiration. And I'm sure if you've not been in the wedding world and you haven't been really following wedding accounts before, you'll probably find it really hard. I know when I started following a lot of interiors accounts, that happened to me where I suddenly realized that I'd saved loads of like pink velvet, which I didn't even like, but it was just everywhere yeah. at the time. And I was just like obviously being bombarded with it. So it ended up in there and that will definitely happen with weddings as well so there'll be some like tropical leaves maybe you really have no interest in tropical leaves at all but because they're in loads of weddings and loads of cool weddings they end up in there so one of the reasons I think it's good to take a break from Instagram after the inspiration spree is because you get to go back with fresh eyes and go oh that's actually not really me I mean it's beautiful but it's not really me or it's not us yeah I mean it's like that when there's a trend in all the shops and you're walking around and the first shop you go into you're like oh I'd never wear that and by the end of a Saturday in the shops you've suddenly disassociated yourself from not liking yeah. the trend and you need to have it you're so, hashtag influenced yeah absolutely so it's definitely wise to maybe take a break um and then think like have a, a real life think about what you actually want and what you actually envision for your day and then maybe go back through the saved folders and do a bit of a call yeah definitely um So another don't that we have is don't expect to find your venue on Instagram. So we have obviously encountered loads of couples who have just happened to stumble upon their Mm. dream venue on Instagram. But I wouldn't expect that that's how it's going to happen for you. No, I think if you're just like browsing on Instagram for venues, you just won't get a sense of what the place is, where it is, what they can offer if it's going to be within your price range, if it's going to be the right venue size, there's just a lot more meaty information you need to know about a venue than you can garner from then what's Instagram post. Yeah, then what the outside of the house looks like yeah. or whatever. So definitely if you see venues that you like the look of, save them. Mm. Like there's, uh, I'm totally down with that. But I think you need to take your venue search more seriously and take yeah. it off Instagram. Yeah. Because really Instagram isn't designed... Um, it's not a wedding directory. It's not designed to give you a load of things and a broad selection of venues. It's designed to just show you things that look like the things you've already hit like on. Yeah. Um. So it's not really a great system. And actually, I think it's probably pretty inefficient to do most of your venue searching there. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we're going to suggest our wedding directory. Of course we are. <laughs> if you're in Ireland. Because it's very good. The One Fab Day Wedding Directory is a wedding directory. It's specifically been designed for couples to use in the early days of engagement. Mm -hmm. There are filters you can use to find out all the information about capacity and location and everything. Yeah. Um, Or if you go to our planning section and hit venues, we've lots of roundup features. So like garden party wedding venues, barn venues, winter wedding venues, everything like that. So that's a good one as well. Or even we've uh, a few geography specific ones. So like wedding venues in Meath, things like that. We also have a good few UK roundups as well. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely I would say um, to try and find a wedding directory with venues in it is the best way to go about that because that's been designed for you mm. and it gives you a list of loads of places um our list is curated not all of the lists are but you know other lists exist as well i guess um <laughs> if you must um well if you're in other regions you'll have to use yeah. other lists and i just feel like it would be inefficient to use instagram to do that obviously yeah. if you're following an influencer and she had her wedding in an amazing venue mm. and you love it definitely save it put it on your shortlist but for compiling the shortlist, I think you need to head off Instagram for a bit. Yeah, I think, say, for destination weddings, it's a nice way to kind of see what's available in the country that you're looking in. But then again, like, that's fine for ideas. But when it comes to the actual 
deep dive venue search, it's better to yeah take it away from Instagram. Yeah. So on that note, what we will say about the venue search is do use Instagram to research venues that you've already put yes. on your shortlist. So once you've made your shortlist um, of the venues, and obviously this will differ so much from couple to couple, depends on loads of different boxes that you personally are trying to tick with mm. your venue then it's a good idea to go and have a little Insta snoop on the venue. Yes, because one, it's a great way to read the comments and then you get a bit of a feedback if people have been there or if people love the venue. Um, Also, if you use the location or the tag, Mm. it's a great way to see the more candid shots of guests that have been at the venue and the shots they've taken in maybe the parts of the venue that the hotel or the wedding venue won't put on their website. Yeah. And I also think as well, it's just a nice way to see a lot of the different spaces because if you go on to say a country house, particularly if it's a hotel and they have other elements of their business, it's not just weddings. In the wedding gallery, you'll just get an offering of maybe the function room and mm. where they'll have the drink reception and the ceremony. Whereas if you can go through the Instagram, you'll get to see what the rooms look like. You might get to see what the residence bar, all the different spaces and maybe some of the outdoor, the spaces where you might be able to get photographs as well. Some venues are great at showing you digitally on their own website or their own socials all about who they are and all their spaces and what you can do at your wedding. Mm -hmm. And some venues, which are also amazing venues, are just not as thorough about that. So that's where the location tag comes in handy because you can kind of look at a few pictures that your venue might have on their website and go, I don't really get what the ceremony space is. Is that a barn? Is it a room at the side of the house or whatever? And then you might get in the location tag, let's say a professional photographer's photo that they've put on their own account of a wedding that was in that ceremony space. And then you can go, God, suddenly I get it. And when you're in the shortlist phase and you might have, I don't know, you could have 15 venues on there and you're not going to visit them all. So it's great for helping you kind of like weed through all of those questions that you might have before you go and visit a venue or while you're still trying to decide which venues you want to visit and which ones you want to prioritize visiting yeah likewise a lot of venues will be refurbished every few years or you might be really excited about a new venue that's coming on Mm -hmm. in the next year and instagram can be a good way to kind of snoop on that see how the refurbishment's going and if the finishes are the kind of thing you'd like yeah the only caveat I have with the location tag is no matter how gorgeous and glam your venue is, there will be like one dodgy photo <laughs> yeah. of like a male teenager, um, like in the bathroom, in his room, <laughs> and you'll just be completely A turned off. And B, if, if there's a dodgy crappy photo that yeah. doesn't make the venue look that good... Obviously, take that with a pinch of salt. You'll yeah. have professional photography. Yeah, there'll on be the loads day. of end of the night at wedding kind of photos, like blurry, blurry dance floor yeah. things. Um, so you just—that's just something you have to keep in mind yes. when you're scrolling in the location tag. Yeah. Oh, it's also a good way to associate the food as well because there's mm. often a lot of good food photos on there too. Yeah, people do love to post their food on Insta. They do. I could say the same about hashtagging your venue name but I find that to be a bit less reliable often Mm. you get a different venue on the other side of the world or something it's worth a go have a look and see if um anything relevant comes up yes one thing to watch out for as well at this stage particularly if you're using hashtags is that some wedding professionals if they shoot say photographers if they shoot in several venues in the area they'll hashtag all of them on their work. It's just a way of them catching couples that may be getting married in lots of different venues. Yes. But it can be misleading if you're like, I didn't know this venue had a turret or something like that. And then you realise that they've just hashtagged that venue but in a photo of a different venue. Yeah, so hashtags in particular and maybe sometimes location tags should be approached with caution. Yeah. And definitely be careful uh, if you have like one picture that you're really basing your love for the venue on. Mm. Uh, It's a good idea to like cross-reference that with something on the venue's own accounts or own website. Yeah, double check it exists. Do. (laughs) And we should say as well that we have a great feature all about how to best choose your wedding venue, Mm. um, which we will link in the show notes. Yes. So once your venue is booked, I think that's when Instagram really comes into its own. Yeah. So I think um, as well as snooping on the different venues that you've considered, when you have your venue picked, you can obviously go back and do another snoop on more recent weddings that have been there. Mm. Also, that's a good way of gauging like how couples dressed the space and getting decor ideas and stuff like that. Yeah. Or if you have an 
an option of different spaces maybe for your ceremony or drinks reception that you can see the different ones in action and then decide oh maybe we want to have the drinks on the lawn or Mm. in the hall or whatever so yeah it's a nice way to kind of see your options yeah and in general when your venue is booked is a good time to reevaluate your inspiration and you Mm. can do this on instagram as well so let's say that you have decided that you're going for a really beautiful cozy winter wedding in a beautiful um venue but you've saved loads of like californian sunny weather weddings yeah it's probably best to go through and call some of those because they're not really going to be relevant for you planning your day yeah when we were getting married i had two completely different mood boards for depending on what venue we chose and one ah, was okay. what we ended up ha- having and the other one was really tropical and then when we booked the venue we were like the tropical thing won't work here so yeah. we just scrapped it and I deleted that Pinterest board and everything to do with it yeah the beauty of um, the phase after you've planned your booked your wedding venue is that you do get to kind of relieve yourself of loads of inspiration that just isn't relevant anymore mm-hmm. and it's just going to get cloud your vision so get rid One thing I will say is that um, before you do a big massive call of all your inspiration picks, ask yourself why you saved it because some of the non-realistic inspiration picks you have still might come in handy. So like the Californian wedding might have bridal eye makeup that you still want to keep so definitely don't just like go through it and absolutely slash it Mm. and that's again why your tip about the folders is helpful so if you've saved things into a folder called makeup at least you'll know why it's there yeah the makeup ones are still relevant whereas the decor ones might not be absolutely Another don't, I think, is to expect to find all your suppliers on Instagram like your venues. Now, there will be some that are great to find on Instagram, but also others that, again, deserve a little bit more of a deep dive and require less of a light approach, I guess. Yeah, I think everything we said about venues applies here in that like Instagram is not a wedding directory so it's not it's just not really efficient and you're going to be getting loads of sponsored ads from like if you're anything like my sponsored ads they're just not relevant to you at all like Instagram I've been on it for so many years it does not get me it does not get my style so you might be just getting having a lot of time wasting with that kind of thing Again, of course, we have to say, if you're in Ireland, our directory is great for suppliers. Um, And in fairness, so our Instagram account is good for um, discovering suppliers. But that's, again, because we have to say a heavy disclaimer. Our Instagram account is good for discovering suppliers because it's tied to our website and we are a wedding directory. So obviously... There will be other um, sites like that in your region that might be really helpful for Mm -hmm. you and you might find suppliers that way. They might link features they've done on the best makeup artists in Austin, Texas or whatever. Yeah. Um, So in that way, it can be helpful. But generally as a shortlist gathering tool, not great. No, I do think it's worth taking a very local approach in this way on Instagram because obviously you get a lot of inspiration say if you're in Ireland you get a lot of gorgeous ideas from the states but we don't have the same florist or the same cake baker so in that way if you are using Instagram it's a good idea to follow very localized sites and that's the only way you'll get localized suppliers yeah the only caveat with that I would say is make sure before you break your own heart when you're following those sites just only follow the ones that are really diligent about tagging people or else they'll just show you lots of stuff that you can't find and you'll just spend hours (laughs) trying to find this one makeup artist from a photo of the side of her head that you've seen and it makes things really complicated yeah so look for accounts that um, make sure to tag all the suppliers. Yes. And do make sure you tap to see who's tagged um, because often we'll get a lot of people getting in touch about like, where's this dress from? And it will be tagged in the feature. Yeah, so. of course. Um, so tap the picture yeah. to see the tags. We're probably being really obvious to Instagram users. Know. But you don't know. Yeah, It depends so. on how afraid you are with Instagram. And I probably am not. So like as in... For my personal life, I don't use it that much. But even still, there are loads of... Like, my other half, I'm telling you, when I told him about the saved folders, <laughs> his mind was blown. And he's on Instagram more than me, but he just yeah. hadn't gotten that far. And I mean, he saves a lot of cat videos. <laughs> he saves... A, he's a whole cat collection, Claire. It's, it's quite something. If I see a new cat on Instagram, I always send it to him. <laughs> Thank you, he appreciates it. So the suppliers that I think Instagram is particularly useful for 
if you've already made your shortlist again and are revisiting are like makeup artists hairdressers florists anyone with a visual medium mm, it's bakers a nice maybe way. yeah it's a nice way of seeing a wide scope of their work very quickly and getting a sense of if they're your style or not yeah I think if you have someone you're considering and you go on to their Instagram grid on their account and you get instant like flutters of joy um you know that they're probably a good match for you aesthetically yeah um, and that's where Instagram is really handy like we said with venues it's good for snooping on the suppliers that you've already come across that you think have potential for you it's a good place for really like solidifying your opinion and going actually that person really really gets the exact style I'm going for yeah because also with a lot of independent suppliers if they're a one man or one woman show they mightn't have the investment to have a really slick looking website mm. or an up-to-date gallery so Instagram will at least be up to date hopefully and will have a lot of images in it that their website might not have yeah and conversely we should say as well as this is part of the reason why we're not big fans of doing your basic shortlist making for venues or any suppliers on Instagram is because there are amazing suppliers and venues out there that just aren't great on Instagram mm. whoever you know whatever their marketing team is that's not part of their strategy or they're just you know maybe like you said a newish venue mightn't have gotten around to it yet so you kind of miss out on those people um, yeah. if you're just looking on Instagram mm. and then as well like a lot of the more experienced people maybe yeah social media isn't their bag which obviously like in terms of marketing is important yeah but you know it's still not worth like if you're getting married in a rural part of Ireland it's not discounting the florist who might be amazing but just hasn't exactly got her Instagram game on and yet. if I want my venue or my supplier to be great at something it's like what they do not marketing yes <laughs> as in exactly. like I'd rather them be amazing at floral arrangements yeah. than marketing so yeah. definitely that's why we suggest you know broadening your search uh, another don't Maybe this one needs to be taken with a pinch of salt, but I'm going to say it anyway, Claire. Do. Uh, don't use Instagram to communicate with suppliers. Yes, because there's just no easy way to keep track. Mm. And if they need to revisit to communicate you in six months time, how are they going to find you? Yeah. So I think it's definitely worth always using an email, particularly for any of your big ticket, expensive items, photography, venue, definitely yeah band things like that I would say anyone that you're paying you need to have all that yeah. stuff in email yeah and don't think you're going to remember because you're not like you're just not going to remember oh I dm'd them actually in January yes. and they're not going to remember how no. to find you exactly because obviously you will have one band in mind and one florist in mind by the time you make the booking but they might have 100 inquiries a week so it's going to be really hard for them to find their communication with you to double check what date you booked or a question you asked or something like that yeah so I think depending on the supplier some suppliers love Instagram you'll see them commenting loads on other suppliers or other pages and they might be open to the odd DM but I would mm. say just restrict that for the early days like let's say if you have um, a band but it's really important to you that you have a brass section at your wedding and you could DM the band and be like do you have any capacity for that they probably mm. would be open to those kind of early days yes or no question yeah. DMs um, or comments but once like deposits are being exchanged definitely yes. take it off Instagram we shouldn't really have to say this but just I've case. heard stories yes <laughs> <laughs> you just won't be able to find your invoices and log things in your spreadsheets and all if you're trying to go through the Insta DMs what Instagram is handy for and is another do is using Instagram to share inspiration with suppliers now we don't mean send them every photo of every bouquet you like <laughs> no um some suppliers actually might be open to you sharing stuff via dm like like every supplier kind of has a different way mm. of working so some of them might say like yeah um just dm me a few and i'll look at them later i'm sure most of them prefer something a bit more solid like email or some kind of like google doc situation or google drive is that what it is Google Drive yeah. is the one with sharing images. images. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. The image of thing. Yeah. <laughs> we work in weddings. We're very technical. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they will probably ask, would you pick like four or five images and send mm. it on rather than like, please don't DM me one picture of a bouquet every week for the next 16 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's probably easier to put it all in one place and share it with them. So, you know take their lead on how they would like the inspiration mm. to be shared but as we said the save folders on Instagram should serve as the inspiration already you might not yeah. even need to do any inspiration gathering for mm. your more aesthetic minded suppliers if you already have 
that Instagram folder. Yeah. Some people are a bit confused about how to get a photo off Instagram and put it into an email or into a fo- photo folder on your mm-hmm. desktop. Um, so we use a couple of different um, download services. One of them is just called Instagramg.com. Yeah, that's a really good one. And downloadagram.com. Yeah, so it's really easy to do it. Like they're very intuitive. You'll figure it out when you yeah. get on those sites. You can also pin images from Instagram to Pinterest. So yes. if you have, if you're using Pinterest boards or if a lot of florists in particular will ask for a Pinterest board link. Mm. So you can copy all your images over or pin them all over to Pinterest and then send the link to whichever supplier is looking for them. Yeah, this sounds very complicated, but there's only really it's a not. few things that you'll do this for. Maybe if you're having a stylist, a florist, planner. Um, planner. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's only a few suppliers who you'll actually need to share images with. Yeah. Um, makeup artists, maybe. I know you can obviously bring them pictures on your phone at the trial, so yeah. that might be fine. Some will ask in advance. And again, the supplier will tell you how they best want to receive your inspo pics. Yeah. So we've brushed off makeup and hair a little bit, but a definite do is to use Instagram to gather ideas for your wedding day look. So this is the dress, the accessories, the hair, the makeup, bridesmaids, bridesgrooms, everyone. Instagram is a great place just for day to day ideas for style and hair and makeup. So even more so, I think for weddings, particularly dresses, you can get a lot of ideas on there and kind of refine what you want your wedding day look to be. Yeah, and if there's a specific style you're looking for, you can use like Instagram G or Downloadagram, like we said before, to do like a Google search that might help you find similar. Like, let's say you've decided you love this dress, but the brand is way out of your budget. Sometimes that's a handy way to find a similar style of dress. Yeah. Um, or you might find an article on like, for example, One Fab Day about long sleeve wedding dresses. And then you can be like, oh, OK, so here are loads of very similar dresses yes. from different brands across different price ranges. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a really nice way to because, uh, again, when the sky's the limit and you could literally have anything, I think like browsing through lots and lots of dresses is a nice way to work out what you don't like and then what you do yeah a load of brides have actually said to me that how they knew that their dress was the one was because they had saved a picture of it like even maybe like at the very start of their wedding planning maybe before they were even engaged and they just kept coming back to it and it was mm-hmm. kind of haunting them that one like very distinctive shape or style or color yeah. and that's how they kind of knew okay I really have to, I have to go for this like this is clearly gonna be my wedding look yeah um and again just in case people don't know we might be being really obvious but if you check a tag find out who the designer is and then look up the designer's website and then hit stockist and then you'll be able to find if there's a stockist in the area that you live and that's the easiest way because i do see on comments a lot of people asking like can i get this dress in Ireland, England, Germany, wherever they live. Mm. And so that's the easiest way to find out where your nearest stockist is if you have to fly to Paris to find it. Yeah, and uh, as well, the designers and the labels will often put the name of the gown Mm. in it, which is handy. So you can, let's say, if the gown that you are thinking of is called the Annalise gown, and then you can Google it and you can see, you'll find real brides wearing it. Yeah, You'll find um, lots of different um, ways people have styled it, so that could be useful as well. Yeah, and when you get in touch with the boutique, you can check that they have a sample of that exact dress in stock as well. Yeah, and it's a handy way. They'll know what the Annalise dress is, but they might not know what a dress is if you're like, it's kind of like off the shoulder, but like not, which is like how a lot (laughs) of people describe <laughs> we've realized this over the years that like unless you work in fashion you're probably not yeah. great at the lingo of garments mm. um so don't trust that like oh i'll never forget that dress it was like this dress i saw years ago and it's my dream dress and i'll never forget what it is it might still be strong in your head but you might not know how to communicate that to the mm-hmm. lady who works at your boutique i should say as well do be cautious when shopping on instagram um, we've all seen the sponsored posts for um, rip-offs of Meghan Markle's reception dress yes. for like, you know, 100 euro. <laughs> so avoid the temptation to click on those. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you're purchasing something from your wedding that you found via Instagram, that's totally cool. Instagram is helpful for finding random bits like that, especially if you follow lots of very curated accounts that are your style but I would just say to go onto a proper browser to do it and use your browser security tools to verify that it's um, an actual safe website to buy yes. from yeah and definitely yeah do a bit of homework before you spend any money at all online very very smart and savvy people have been caught out yes 
um, in this way. So definitely um, don't just lose the run of yourself and start clicking through on Instagram and purchasing loads of things and putting in your credit card details. Yeah. Do a little research on the seller. Yeah. While we're doing, I don't know, Internet 101, <laughs> um, <laughs> the... It, it, to know that it's a secure browser it should have the little lock thing up in the corner yeah so one of the um browser security tools that is on a lot of browsers is um a little security lock that appears um in the bit where your url is now yeah. i'm sure there are some sites that have managed to fabricate <laughs> that somehow but that's a good guideline definitely look yeah. into that a bit more and that it'll say https instead of http yes now, please don't come to us if you've bought from a, <laughs> uh, a completely dodgy site. No. But yeah, those are some ways that you know you're onto a good thing. So another do is to do a spring clean of your feed once all the big decisions have been made. So again, this is like another stage of cull. And so I guess once you've decided on maybe what colour scheme you're going with, then if you've gone blush, get rid of all the blue. Yeah, and I think as well, it's a good way of just... It's a good time to just sort of stop yourself from being tempted by extra yes. crap you don't need, like extra details you feel like you have to put in. Mm. Um, and there might be some accounts that you follow for inspiration that you're just like, do you know what? I've decided on my decor. I don't need to see another beautiful plate yeah. that makes me not like my plates as much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it could be handy to do quite a strict call on what you're following when all the big decisions have been made and there's not much left you can do you don't really want to be seeing like gorgeous things that you didn't find two months ago that you'd much prefer than the thing you booked particularly dresses is a big one Mm. to unfollow any dress brands or any boutiques if you've already chosen your dress because that's actual torture if you see a dress that you prefer to the one that you've bought Likewise, I think with trends, like there's new trends coming on all the time. And if you're engaged over a two year period and you've decided on, I don't know, a naked cake and then suddenly you see that donut walls are a big thing and then you're like, well, I've already booked the cake, but I'll just get donut walls too. Yeah. Then, yeah, you've dropped another 300 quid without meaning to. So I think it's worth. Yeah, just trying to put the blinkers on a little bit and be firm in your decisions. That's a real danger zone for me in the wedding planning period is when you've booked everything and when you're happy for about five minutes that everything is sorted for your wedding. That's when terror can strike that you haven't done enough or your Mm -hmm. venue doesn't have enough bells and whistles or you need to suddenly put sparklers in the mix or something else. And actually, you're, you're totally happy, but you're just being influenced by a barrage of inspiration yeah like the day before our wedding we spent a silly amount of money on big giant gold balloons because i just in the month before our wedding just kept seeing them everywhere and now giant balloons are everywhere but at the time they were a really new idea and so i was very excited by them and spent silly money on them i did like your giant gold balloons though Thanks. they sold out <laughs> smashers they did yeah which is maybe colloquial weeks should explain it's like a term of endearment for yeah. your like friends and family Yes, and so because our ceremony booklets had said like, thanks for coming, you're all smashers, we decided we'd get these giant smasher balloons. <laughs> but it was just because the day four I was like, oh, I feel like there's nothing to welcome people. Like there wasn't like a big grand entrance thing for mm. the ceremony. So, yeah. And I mean, I did see it and go, oh, that's cute. But like also for wouldn't the 10 have cared. Seconds, you walked past <laughs> wouldn't it. have cared if it wasn't there. So, yeah, it's just a vulnerable time, it I is. feel like, for couples when you can be really easily influenced by some random Instagram feed pic that you find. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, my God, we don't have like chair decorations or something. Oh, and I should say as well that we do recommend a bit of a post wedding Instagram call. Oh, yeah. Um, If you're... F- feeling a little bit blue after the wedding or you're mm-hmm. having a bit of post-wedding come down we've done a whole episode on post-wedding come down which we'll also link in the show notes yeah and likewise again it'll just stop you feeling like you didn't make the right decision in certain areas because whatever you chose is absolutely perfect and it was it is going to be great or it was great and you just need to leave it behind and not worry about whether or not you should have gone with the red shoes instead of the pink ones yeah and move forward with a new instagram project like your spare room (laughs) or your christmas scheme or whatever it is perfect uh so our last do is do use a hashtag on the day of your wedding i love a wedding hashtag i know they're not for everyone you don't need one no but they're a good crack yeah 
Now, guests notoriously are terrible at using them. I think one person <laughs> used ours. Thanks, Aww. Julie. Um, I think she made her own one up. I don't even know if we had an official one. But I think if there's not one, I usually make one up, which isn't very <laughs> helpful, actually, when I think about it. But um, yeah, it's definitely a nice idea if you want to get lots of different photos from every corner of the room and also have photos the next morning when you're waiting on the professional ones to come through. Yeah, if a lot of people on your guest list are big Instagram users, chances are they're going to put up snaps either like getting ready to go or their outfit on the morning of or them and their pals on the dance floor. And if you think you'd like to see those, it's a good idea to come up with a hashtag. We have a feature that takes step by step you through how to do it yes yeah, selena wrote it and it gets freakishly good traffic yeah apparently people love a wedding <laughs> hashtag do. i thought i was the only one <laughs> and put it on a sign a piece of signage one or two or the ceremony booklet or find a place to put it it's yeah. all in my feature but it's a fun thing to flick through the next day i think yeah. with your partner yeah definitely or on honeymoon. and it's a nice way for your guests to find out who the eligible guy that they talk to is if he's also tagged in oh it's good for getting the goths as well to find each other the next day it's good for seeing like oh they were talking all night clearly yeah Yeah. great for the goths it is and i think that is all of our do's and don'ts yeah i think we've covered a lot there um obviously if you hate instagram you don't want to use it (laughs) ditch it all but um no i think instagram can be an amazing tool but it can also be alarming and overwhelming and I think if you're finding that and if you're feeling like it's all too much just step away a little bit yeah 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 definitely we hear a lot of couples talking about being overwhelmed by choice Mm. um I think 10 years ago we would have heard more couples being underwhelmed by lack of choice yeah but that doesn't seem to be the most common ailment during wedding planning these days which is why we've decided to make a guide to instagram yeah and i think it should go without saying but i just want to say it anyway do not compare your wedding to anyone else's on instagram do not worry that your wedding isn't as nice as jane down the road and I know with every element of life, people can get really compare mm. when it comes to Instagram and feel like either they're missing out or they're lacking in something. And you're absolutely not. And don't let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we say use it sparingly, because we know that if you're constantly being bombarded by like celebrity weddings or influencer weddings, mm. uh, it can be hard to love your own wedding. But just remember, your wedding is going to be your wedding and your partner's wedding. It's going to have all your favorite people there. It's going to feel so amazing and personal because it's yours so you're not going to love it more if you had the budget of I was going to say Kim Kardashian I need more contemporary <laughs> uh, we're up um, to the minute who had, celebrity like, a swanky wedding this year Heidi Klum <laughs> let's say Heidi Klum I don't know if she's super contemporary <laughs> either a good wedding. basically celeb weddings are great for uh, a bit of a nosy yeah and so are influencer weddings Mm -hmm. um but if you spend a lot of time on instagram it can all get a bit much yeah make sure you fill your feed with lots of animals and babies too not just all wedding stuff yes and the cats don't forget the cats. (laughs) one fab day listener dilemmas each week on the podcast we dig into our digital mailbag pull out an email or a dm and turn our attention to one of your wedding planning dilemmas this week selena has chosen a particularly tricky one i have so this listener writes We're six months out from the wedding day, deposits all paid, etc. A few weeks ago, we got some feedback on our reception venue via the groom's mother. A friend of hers attended a wedding in our hotel and reported that while the food was good, the service was quote unquote not great. I'm panicking as I imagine the criticism has been quite toned down before it got to me. I'm also kicking myself because when I think back to when we had lunch in the hotel bar on the day of the showcase, the wait and the bar staff were forgetful and we had to wait a while for our food. This is a four-star brand name hotel, by the way. The hotel's wedding coordinator, who we met when booking, has since left the company and has been replaced by a girl who is much less experienced and less organised. Most of our budget is going on a four-course meal and wine, and it's really bothering me that the bad service could ruin that and be the enduring memory of the day for our guests. So what can we do? Booking another venue is out of the question. Deposits have been paid and guests have booked their rooms. Would a day of wedding planner help in this situation? Okay, it's a tricky one. It's tricky. There's not a whole lot this person can do, to be honest. No, a day of wedding planner might help things run more smoothly. They might be able to keep on top of, say, the service staff. But generally, that is going to be the wedding coordinator or maybe a catering manager on the day anyway. 
a day of planner is more about the setup and the general running of the day rather than the service particularly if it's in a hotel if it's in maybe a country house venue or something like that a day of planner tends to have more to do with that kind of thing but in a hotel it's already quite a tight like it's set how how yeah. they how they roll all that stuff out is quite rehearsed yeah and so this random woman that you pay to come in it might not make sense for her to suddenly start pouring the wine or whatever yeah. um one thing you could do i suppose is ask the venue um if there's any day of coordinators they've worked with before and you could try saying to them like listen this is what i'm looking for i'm not looking for someone to help me set up the balloons it's about trying to um maybe fill a few gaps that are left by the bar or wait staff yeah um and they might have some ideas if they've previous experience with the venue but bringing in a new person who's never been there before probably won't work I think it's worth having a candid chat with the venue coordinator yeah. and saying that you're a bit nervous um, that you booked the venue at the showcase and then you've heard some feedback to the contrary of what they had promised mm. and you're a bit nervous about it. Go in really kindly, really nicely. Don't go in all guns blazing mm. and start giving out because they haven't done anything wrong yet. Yeah. So I think it's a approach with kindness rather than yeah yeah uh, fighting a fire um and i think if you say that then maybe the coordinator will relay that to the service staff on the day like guys we really need to up our game today and give this couple extra good service um and ideally that'll happen i also think it's worth keeping in mind that the person that you got the feedback from might have a different level of requirement of service absolutely like one person's slow service is another person's perfectly fine service so I do think it's worth keeping in mind that that's just one person's opinion and not to be too worried about it ruining the day at all because there's a lot more detail gone into your day from the ceremony to the music Mm. to however you're decorating the room the food if you said the food is great I think all of those things are a lot more important than the starters being a bit slow. Yeah, like I've been on like hundreds of meals where there's been one person who's been like jumping out of their skin with annoyance because like the waiter has done something to, Mm. you know, like rub them up the wrong way. And I haven't even noticed that anything is wrong. So the kind of person who's likely to give that feedback and it's likely to get back to you is the kind of person who obviously has very pedantic opinions about service so just keep that in mind and also let's say you do have a wedding in which the wait staff are mediocre yeah (laughs) that is not ideal but it also won't ruin your wedding like a wedding is a big huge event with many moving parts centered around love and friendship and you can't ruin a wonderful day just by you know feeling like oh I had to wait 20 minutes to get a drink yeah, You know, none of your guests ultimately will be really that annoyed about it. No, not at all. I always relay the tip I got from a really high-end wedding planner who said the most important thing in a wedding is that the couple are relaxed mm. because the minute they look like their backs are up, all the guests' backs are up too because they're looking for what might be wrong. And so if you and your other half just relax into the day and aren't looking around for issues with the service, then your guests won't be either. Yeah. And it might just be worth saying to, you know, some people in your wedding party, like, oh, will you just keep an eye and like check that people are okay? And if there's anyone who looks like you see someone and they don't have a drink, go to the bar for them or whatever. Like say to all your like happy helpers who've offered to help, just say, listen, um, just keep an eye on the bar situation, the drink situation and help out someone uh, who needs a top up or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And you'll have the best day ever and really, really try not to worry about it. Yeah, no, ultimately, the great day is going to happen because of you guys and your friends and family. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Tell everybody that before the day is out, we shall have a wedding or a hanging. 
Either way, we ought to have a lot of fun, huh? Your non-wedding homework this week. Each week on the podcast, we encourage you to switch off from all things weddings and do something entirely unrelated to budgets, logistics and guest lists. Claire, you're helping us do that this week. What is your recommendation? Yes, yeah, so my recommendation is to think about life beyond your wedding. And, <gasps> what? I know. And make, Scandalo. make a lifelong bucket list. So Marco and I did this years ago. We were only going out a couple of years at the time. And we have a little notebook that we got when we were on our travels. And we have lots of lists in it. So we have food we want to eat, restaurants we want to try, places we want to go. We put children's names in it. We put pets' names in it. We put things we want to have in our dream house. And it was just a nice way of adding all the ideas we have and all the things we want to do in one nice book. And it's really nice to have. We keep it in our living room. We look at it from time to time to remind ourselves that we must go to... I don't know, I'm going to say Zambia. (laughs) 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 But yeah, and we both add to it and we have our own individual lists in it as well of things that we want to do that maybe the other half isn't that into. Um, I don't think Marco has any desire to do a parachute jump. (laughs) But yeah, and it's just a nice way to remember that what you're working towards is a life together and not just a day together. Hmm. And let's say, Claire, someone is listening to this, let's call her Selena, who has a partner (laughs) who... Um, while totally up for the idea of a bucket list, isn't going to like sit down with her and write things in a book because he's not that kind of guy. Uh, is there like a simpler way we could do this? Um, hmm, that's a puzzling one. Um, I guess you could make an online list or you could look up an online list. Uh, a little <laughs> note on the fridge or something. Oh, okay. I just feel like he won't be into the crafty element oh, okay. of like, it sounds like you guys are made for this bucket list yeah. book task and a lot of people are. Well, it's the kind of thing, like if we had an idea with wine or something every so often, we'll dig it out and then add mm. a few bits. So yeah, I guess it's of a, a night in kind of a thing. But yeah, I guess you could have a, a rolling list on the fridge or maybe a chalkboard in the kitchen that you add things to. Okay, that I can get on board with. <laughs> The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. That's it for this week's episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We absolutely love hearing from you. So whether you've got tips or recommendations to pass on or you'd like to ask a question, do send them our way. For email, we're hello at onefabday.com or you can slide into our DMs on social. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we're hoping that you'll do us a solid and review us on iTunes. It's really easy. It only takes two minutes and it helps other couples and your fellow wedding-minded podcast enthusiasts find the show. And before we go, we have to mention OneFabDay.com. Selena and I upload new planning style and inspiration features every single day and there are some super helpful posts going up this week. So don't forget to pay us a visit. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.